uh, thank God for the opportunity to get to know people, and uh, we're going to have a, uh, coming up in the next month or so, a luncheon for those who, uh, uh, with the board and uh, the staff, uh, we'd like to, we like to get together with those who are new to uh, Bethel, and maybe you've been here a year, maybe you've been less, uh, maybe you're really, really new to Bethel, and Bethel's very new to you. Uh, we'd like to have a little luncheon with you uh, following a Sunday morning service, and we'll be giving you more details about that, and it's uh, great to be here. It's always good to see uh, all of you. We are so, so, so grateful today. Amen. Amen. How many know that the Lord has uh, something spectacular today? He doesn't deal in mediocrity, right? How many know our God doesn't deal in mediocrity? He, he doesn't do that. And so anything that uh, is below uh, the bar didn't come from God. Amen. So uh, this morning I'd like to uh, share some things with you. And I want to talk a little bit. Uh, what I've been doing is going through the uh, New Testament, uh, the Gospels, and, and looking at what Jesus said. And uh, it's good to have Pastor Garrett and Denise with us again, always honored. And uh, uh, one of the great... Uh, uh, forefathers of uh, this generation in the faith, and we appreciate you, uh, Brother Garrett, uh, very much. He's cared for a lot of people over the years and loved them, and you know he's still doing it, and it's great to have him here today. Amen. And Denise, always good to see you, and uh, they're always so kind, and uh, we appreciate them, and so thank you. But you know, as we, we look at the scriptures here, I'd like to uh, today to look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, this morning, as you have uh, joined us um, here, I would uh, ask you to, um, to, you know, somebody had told me one time that we, we shouldn't uh, talk, <clears throat> talk so much about the Holy Spirit in church because it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not a good message for new people that come in. <laughs> Uh, isn't that wonderful? It's very uplifting. So that's why I've chosen to preach on what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit today. So anyhow, um, you know, I uh, thought about uh, this a lot because we've had Pentecost Sunday, and, and certainly we don't want to just uh, stipulate uh, that the Holy Spirit's only good on Pentecost Sunday because Pentecost Sunday's a launching point. You know, it's a launching point for, for a much broader, deeper uh, walk of God uh, and walk with God. And so a lot of people say a lot of things. You know, how many know there's no shortage of commentary? And uh, some of it's true and some of it's not. And uh, so, to, you know, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about what's true about the Holy Spirit according to what Jesus said. And uh, some of what is said is fact and some is fiction in life. Uh, for the follower of Christ, everything that Jesus said matters. Amen? Everything that Jesus said matters. Every part of what Jesus said applies to every part of my life. You know, everything that Jesus said applies to every part of my life. And so as we think about what Jesus said, none of it was ever issued with a retraction or an amendment. And, uh, you know, Simon Peter said, you alone have the words of eternal life. And so he recognized something that I hope we do here this morning. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is the third person of the Trinity, right? You understand that he is not a thing, he is not a force, he is not a mystic energy. 
He is the third person of the Trinity, God who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about an it or a thing or a feeling. Uh, We're not talking about a mystical energy. Uh, We're simply talking about the dynamic executive of the Godhead who is at work today in the world. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, who came? The Holy Spirit was sent to do the work of God on this earth. And so we live in the, in the age uh, and dispensation of the greatest um, capabilities of walking in intimate relationship with God than any, any group of people have ever had. You know, the Old Testament, under the law, people certainly did not have the kind of experience that you and I can have in Christ every day. You know that when you walk by the law, you realize your shortages, your failures, you bring your offerings, you, you come before the Lord and you're, you're seeking for an atonement. You know, as a, as a New Testament believer, you and I are secure in the atonement provided through Christ. You know, that he died once and for all, for all of us, amen, that all of us are secure in Christ. As we, the Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same what? Brings forth much fruit. And he says, because without me you can't do anything. How many would say, that's true? Yeah, we can't do anything. You know, you can't have church without the Holy Spirit. You can do your thing, and I can do my thing, and we can feel good about what we've done, but you really can't have church without the Holy Spirit. I hope you hear that because, you know, sometimes we can get pretty good at doing what we do and think we can do it and we don't pray, we don't seek God, we don't wait on Him, we don't come into church with, a, with an earnest expectancy uh, to meet with God's Holy Spirit. And, you know, we come in and we go through the routine, all of us, I mean, we can all do it, every church. It doesn't matter what your title is, what your name is, what the marquee is, what color building you have, brick, stone, wood, uh, mortar, it doesn't matter. You can do church your way and I can do my church my way. And we can actually do something and occupy time for whatever period we're together, but we can't do church for real without the Holy Spirit. Can't really do church. You, you, you really can't. People say, well, I don't like all this Holy Spirit stuff. Well, then you've got a real problem. And then what you've got to do to fix it is to read the Bible and pray over that. Amen? Amen. How many here say we're Holy Ghost people? We're not, we're not ashamed. Not, we're, not, we're not embarrassed by it, you know? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on point. I'm coming back. But I remember as a kid, I brought my friends to church. Uh, I went to a, a small uh, Pentecostal church in Bradenville, Pennsylvania. Brought them to church. Not one of them knew Christ as Savior and Lord. And of all nights to bring them, we had an evangelist, you know. You always bring them when there's an evangelist. Uh, of course, you can bring them anytime. But I brought them that night. But I had one prayer. And that was, Lord, uh, aside from wanting them to get saved, I said, Lord, please... Uh, don't let anybody speak in tongues tonight. And that night was extraordinary because not only did someone speak in tongues, uh, but my brother, who's probably one of the most timid, quiet people I've ever met, except if you get him mad, then he's not. But uh, he, he, he goes up, they pray with him, and boom, he's laid out on the floor. You know, so that was, you know, he's laying, you say, well, does that mean that, you know, God, I always say to people, I don't care whether you fall down or not. It's not important to me. It's when you get up 
What kind of person's getting up off the floor, right? You say, well, that, I never heard a pastor say he didn't want people to fall down. No, I'm more concerned about, if you fall, I rejoice with you. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm of greater joy when I see someone that gets up and their life is, they're infused with a, a new enthusiasm, a boldness, a power, a reverence for God. Isn't that what it's all about? It's not how we do church. It's how we live when we walk out of here. You know, the world's waiting to see that. The world needs a Holy Spirit-filled church, and Jesus talked about that. You know, the Holy Spirit is uh, a comforter, a guide, a helper. He's the spirit of truth. He's a, uh, he is an advocate for us. Jesus said in John 15, 26, he said, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So there is no such thing as a Christless Pentecost. Come on, church. I need you to plug in with me a little here because I, I, I just need you to do that. Plug in with the word here. You know, we're, there's no such thing as a Christless. I mean, you, you, there, there's no such thing as a Christless Pentecost. Because without Christ, it is, it is strange fire. It's strange fire. God doesn't recognize strange fire. You know, uh, you know, you, know you, can, you can do a lot of things and say, well, you know, we had church tonight. We had church this morning. But in the middle of that Pentecost, Jesus, the Holy Spirit will again and again and again bring the focal point to Jesus. He will glorify me. You ever notice when we sing about Jesus, there's a presence an anointing of the Holy Spirit that is so powerful. When you, when you talk about the blood of Christ, and I know people say, well, we, we'd prefer not to talk in those terms. i got to tell you, that's the language of redemption, the blood of Jesus. You know, there is no redemption without the blood of Christ. You know, you can't reform someone into the kingdom. You've got to be transformed to be a, a member of the kingdom, and that happens through a, a being a, becoming a blood-washed, child of God. So the Holy Spirit will always testify to Christ. All things Christ. He will testify of Christ's uh, sinless life. He will testify of his miraculous nature. He will testify of his death upon the cross. He will testify to his resurrection. He will testify to his ascension. And he will testify to the fact that Jesus is coming back. The Holy Spirit opens the doors and he closes them. This is a You know, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, he's the guide. He will lead you into all truth. He calls him the spirit of truth. And in Acts 16, 6, it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. You know, not every place, uh, there, there are times when God closes a door and the Holy Spirit will say no. There are doors that the Holy Spirit opens and there are doors that the Holy Spirit closes. And in this case, it wasn't God's timing. It wasn't God's will that it should happen in this manner. And so he shut the door. And we've got to have that kind of relationship where we understand that the Holy Spirit will open doors and the Holy Spirit will close doors. And we have to walk so full of the Holy Spirit that we're able to discern when he is opening a door and when he is closing a door. Come on, church. You know, because I've tried to push some doors open. 
How many of you have ever done that? And you're not realizing that it's not the Holy Spirit leading that. It's my emotions. It's my desire. It's my perspective of things. We've got to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And you say you're getting super spiritual. There is no other way to live this life. You have to be spiritual. You can't live this life and not be spiritual. What are we talking about here? This is a supernatural kingdom, right? We serve a supernatural God. And Jesus said when he went away that he would send the Holy Spirit and he would be our guide, our comforter, our advocate. The Holy Spirit, when you get saved, and let me go back to this one here. The Holy Spirit, he closes the door and sometimes the Holy Spirit, not sometimes, the Holy Spirit provides counsel and confirmation. You know, in Acts chapter uh, 15, the the church says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden upon these than necessary. He's talking about those Gentiles who had come into the church, and these Jewish believers didn't know what to do with them. Do we mandate that they follow all of the the, the customs and the laws as we have in order to be part of the church? And they, they counsel together. And thank God at the end of it, they were able to say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Isn't that the way meetings should conclude? It seemed, and we know the Holy Spirit is in it. He's confirming it. How many of you know that God gives a confirmation through his Holy Spirit when it's right? Anybody ever feel, you have it in your spirit and you know when it's not right? There's a stirring and a troubling and thank God for it. No wonder David said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because we are so dependent on the Holy Spirit's counsel and his word. You know, the the Holy Spirit isn't elevated above Christ. So if you're confused a little bit, I want to clarify this. The Holy Spirit advances all things Christ. He brings the focus to Christ. He doesn't focus upon himself. In fact, you know, sometimes we focus on the gifts more than we do the, the, the fruit. And, you know, sometimes we're more concerned about what gift people operate in than what fruit's growing in their lives. Come on, church. Because you can speak with the tongues of men and angels, and if you don't have love, you're just making a lot of noise, right? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. In Romans 8, 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the, Holy, the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit of God in you that draws you and calls you forth into that place of uh, desiring intimacy with the Father, to be close with the Lord. How many know when the Holy Spirit is in your worship time and He's in that time of prayer? You know, the Holy Spirit makes intercession through you, for you. And, you know, that's so wonderful to know that when we don't know how to pray, we have a helper, right? We have the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. The Holy Spirit will produce fruit where his efforts are welcome. You know, the, and we look at Galatians 5, and you can read that on your own there, but it we does say uh, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, it's a wonderful thing when we see God, God's Holy Spirit working in our lives and transforming us in such a way that where the words were once bitter, they are now sweet. 
when we once delighted in darkness, we're, we're, we're just so glad to be in the light. And you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, we know that the Holy Spirit is a giver and an administrator of the spiritual gifts that are given. Why? For the edification of the body of Christ, for building other believers up. And I believe in the, in the present day operation of God's gifts. Wow, am I the only one? This is the assembly of God, right? I believe in those. I believe there for today. Come on, church. I mean, when someone's praying with you, don't you want them to, wouldn't you like for the Holy Spirit to, to give them an endowment of faith? To pray that prayer of faith with you to believe that for that mountain? And as I've said, some people think that, that uh, gifts are only given to individuals and they're always rested in an individual. I do believe that God uses individuals sometimes in, 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 in ways. But I also know this, that God will give his Holy Spirit. And he, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe that the Lord will use you in any gifting that's needed in that situation. Because you're not always going to have, uh, you're not always going to have the, the healer, the, you know, the resident healer, so to speak, or the resident prophet. Sometimes you're going to be in situations where God will use you to speak into a person's life with a word of faith or a word of knowledge. Huh? How many believe that? How many has God, has he ever used you to speak a word of wisdom to someone or a word of knowledge? He uses you to release a prophetical word. See, I, I, I do not subscribe to the belief that these things have ceased. So if you're wondering, I don't. Nor do I believe that these giftings make someone superior to another person at all. Because there are, you can talk in tongues and then curse someone out of the other side of your mouth, right? <laughs> you, can, you can prophesy the promises of God and then speak gloom and despair the other part of the day. So I want to say the Holy Spirit does that. That's what Jesus does, uh, said he does. He said that the Holy Spirit comes and he will convict the world of sin and of, righteous, and of God's righteousness in the coming judgment. You know, the Holy Spirit is the prosecutor of God. You know, that's why I say I don't prosecute people's uh, sin. Do you? You, We're not prosecutors. I need to come before the Lord daily for a good cleansing in my own, to get my mind cleansed daily. How about you? God, help me keep my mind. But you understand the Holy Spirit prosecutes the sin issue. He deals with it. You say, well, prosecution means that God condemns. No, that's not the full meaning of the word prosecute. Prosecute, one, means to, in, to institute legal proceedings, but it also means to continue with a view toward completion of something. And the Holy Spirit is advancing the work of God in your life. He is advancing what God began in your life with a purpose. Amen? How many know God has a purpose for you today? You didn't just get saved one day and that was the end of it. The Holy Spirit leads those who follow. The Bible tells us for as many as who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit anoints, he comes upon, fills and baptizes. The Holy Spirit brings a distinction to ministry. Remember, when they were looking for those to serve in the early church in Acts chapter 6, here's the instructions they were given. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, 
full of the Holy Spirit. That's important, right? He says, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom in practical matters, that we may appoint them over this business. And it says in verse 5, and, they cho- and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Peter, a man full of faith, and what else? The Holy Spirit. He was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. You know, how many of you would say today, Lord, I need more of your spirit in my life? More, 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 more. You know, sometimes it's not that we continually are reintroduced to the Holy Spirit, but I believe God wants to give us more all the time. And uh, when Christ sent the Holy Spirit as promised by the Father, he did so for the benefit of the church, the lost, and most importantly, to glorify God. The Holy Spirit would testify about Christ. There was an appointed time when the Holy Spirit would come. As on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, right, that filled the house. And these cloven tongues of fire, this fire is divided and appeared above the believers. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You know, that wasn't the main event. You know, people say that that's the most important thing. No, the most important thing is everything that followed that thing. You know, it's like you say what happens in church is the most important thing. No, it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is how, what we do when we walk out of this building. Because if, if all we have is what we do here, and it doesn't go outside with us, then this falls short of what God intended for it to be. And Pentecost isn't like, hey, look at me, I, I speak in tongues. Hey, look at me, I speak and I prophesy. Hey, look at me, I, I can give words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And uh, It's not about that. It doesn't draw attention. Paul even said, as much as you're zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the body. We want to build up and we want to encourage. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. In Acts 1-4, And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. Jerusalem was the, was the point of destination for the outpouring But more importantly, it was the place of launching forward the work of God into the whole world. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many would love for the power of God to be more, uh, more evident in your personal life? That power. Come on, church. You say, well, I don't want to get a big head. Don't worry. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us uh, being the conduit that God wants us to be, to be that vessel of clay that God wants us to be. The all-surpassing power is of Him and not of me. The Holy Spirit is presently working, the working agent of the Godhead here on earth. He is the author and expositor of the Scriptures. Who teaches you? Who opens your understanding when you look at the Word of God? It's the Holy Spirit who illuminates the Word. How many know that? When you read the Scriptures, you're not yet... Thank God for that wonderful resource that God gives, that when we read the Scriptures, He gives us that tutor, that teacher, that helper, the Holy Spirit to help us to to get what God wants us to see in the Scriptures. How many like that? That's a great, great blessing to being a child of God. 
The Holy Spirit is presently working on earth as God's uh, legal representative. You know, he is not, he's not lesser God. He is the third person of the Godhead. And by order of authority, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but they are equally divine. How many know Jesus is God? You say, I, I understand he's the child of God. No, he's God. He said, before Abraham was, I am, right? He did, he, you know, I am. Who's I am? It's God. And Jesus said he was I am, right? The Bible says that man was created in, their, in the image of God. Uh, in the image of God, he created them. You know, when it talks about the man being created, it refers to a plurality of persons. And we weren't created in the image of an angel, Amen. We are not created. People, we have to get that distinction clear. When we go to heaven, we don't get wings. <laughs> Unless Amy tells you in her study that you get wings. She's going to have a great study on that. <laughs> no wings. No wings for you. I mean, I don't know. God can do whatever he wants. But here's the thing. I'm not an angel. I'm not an angel, right? When I leave this earth, I mean, people, uh, don't call me a devil and don't call me an angel. I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of Christ. I've been made in his image and his likeness. And, you know, God created us in his image and in his likeness. And in our creation, there was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prosecutes sin in accordance with the Scriptures and administrates uh, advocacy, cleansing, regeneration through the shed blood and righteousness of Christ. Jesus said in uh, John 16, 8, he says, When he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and, and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Secondly, walking in obedience in Christ is a condition. You know, we think that this relationship doesn't place any conditions upon us, and that's not true. And it's not true because Jesus said it wasn't true, and I'll read that in a second. And yet walking in Christ is not simply about trying harder. And what I'm saying here is what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why did he say if? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because it's a consistent trait of those who love God, who delight in his word. Come on, church. We delight in his word and we walk according. That doesn't, people right away, well, we're not perfect. No kidding. No kidding. I bet you you could have got in the car with me this morning and you'd have found out probably within a couple minutes that I'm not perfect. I'm great in the driveway. It's only when I get out on the road. What's that, Rob? You say something? What do you mean? The driveway's touchy? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So I know I'm not perfect and I not you know but you know here's one thing that really has always bothered me. We use we talk about grace as though it's a license for living a sloppy life. I mean you know that's not true. Grace is not a license to live a sloppy, reckless, careless life. Jesus said if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You wonder why the world's in the shape it is? Because it cannot see, and it does not recognize God's presence. 
doesn't recognize the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. So there's going to be a conflict between the spirit-filled church and the spiritless world. That doesn't mean we're enemies with anybody. It just means this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual conflict. If you live for God, you will be persecuted. I want to tell you, get off the idea, you, if, if the thought that if you live a Christian life, everybody's going to like you because that is absolutely not true. There will be people who will dislike you more because you're a Christian than any other reason that they could find to like you or dislike you. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, they crucified Jesus, right? He didn't become man of the year. He should have. The king of kings certainly merited being man of the year. Instead, they, they crucified him and placed him between two criminals. A Christless Pentecost is strange fire. I'm not about, you know, feelings are okay. You know, we, God gave us feelings. I like to feel good. How many like to feel good? I love to feel good. There's things that really make me just feel euphoric and glad and happy and all this stuff. And that's great. I love all of those things. But you can't live by your feelings. If you do, you're going to be a wreck. Because sometimes those emotions aren't in alignment with God. They're up and they're down, they're this way, they're that way. And if you're a person that lives by your feelings, you know when you're going to be in church, it's when you feel like being there. Oh, I don't feel like going today. I got other things. You know, people who live by their feelings, you can tell right away, they're never, and I'm not being mean, I'm just saying they're never in church because they don't feel like it. So if they don't feel like being in church, what do they feel like doing? Come on, it's getting quiet. I just don't feel up to it. Just don't feel like it today. You know, there's times when none of us feel like doing much of anything, but we don't live there. We don't live there. It doesn't become the characteristic or the trait of us and how we live our lives. So we look at it and we say, we need the Holy Spirit. We need that fire inside. Because that fire testifies to the truth and it brings our feelings into alignment with the Word of God. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me, to redirect me, to recalibrate my thinking and my emotions so I can get them back in line. How many have ever had your emotions run away with you and in rage and anger? It starts out in irritation, then becomes anger, then it becomes rage. All because our emotions are not where they should be. They're not lying. They're not, the Holy Spirit isn't in control. You say, well, he's always in control. No, he's really not. It says to those, to as many as who are led by the Holy Spirit. That means that you and I choose to walk and to follow after him. I mean, he gives us a lot of, uh, of indwelling uh, fire and, and motivation, but, you know, we still make a choice, right? The finished work of Christ provides advocacy through the blood of through his blood, and the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit provides another advocacy. It's not through blood, but there's an advocacy. How many know, I pray for people, and all, if they ask me to pray about something, one of the things I say is, Lord, I pray that you will give them favor and that your spirit will work in advance of this situation. And I believe he does. Hey, come on. I've, I've experienced this in my life. I know that God's Holy Spirit has calmed, down, calmed me down when I was a wreck. 
He's lifted me up when I was in the darkest places I've ever been. The Holy Spirit would lift me up. But you see, you and I have to make a decision today. We're not going to live in our fear. We're not going to live in our anger. We're not going to live in our despair. Because we're, we're, what do you call that when you kick someone out? You evict them. I'm evicting them today. And I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to take the place that I allowed those illegitimate encroachers, to come, squatters, to come into my life and to rule and wreck me. You say, why do I need more of the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, to be a witness and to others. But no, not really number one. Number one is so that you can bear the fruit that represents the character of Christ. And so anything that is, is frustrating, the, the growth of fruit in our lives, God, help us to evict it. You know, I hear people, well, I, feel, I say it too. I catch myself now because, you know, sometimes I do listen to what I say, what God says. And, I say, and I'll say I feel, and then I'll catch myself and say, I don't want to live by my feelings. Sometimes you, the feelers are good. You've got to feel certain things, feel passion, feel a lot of things. But sometimes, you know, we, we rest, uh, we, we don't examine to see where those feelings are with the word with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, you can be passionate about something, but if you, are not, uh, if you are not in alignment with God, what happens? It makes a fool out of us. We get all wound up and tied up and raiding, ranting, and, and then we think God's with us, and then we recognize that we were acting in the flesh. Anybody else have a flesh problem here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I, 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 my flesh always tries to convince me he doesn't exist. Yours? Oh, I had every right to say that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's going, no, 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 you really didn't. Holy Spirit reveals the words of Christ through his indwelling. Uh, the Holy Spirit is indwelling, the indwelling benefit of knowing Christ. Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be, let it be afraid. Jesus is saying, I'm going away, but don't be worried. I'm sending somebody. And he did. That's why I say we're living in the greatest age of all. We have been given, we live in the New Testament, we live in, in, the, in, the, in the provisions of what God has given. That doesn't mean the Old Testament isn't important. Anybody that says that really has done a disservice to God's Word. The Old Testament is certainly the seed, the foundation, the start, the genesis, the advancement of what God brought in fulfillment in due season when he gave Christ and now as he sent the Holy Spirit in anticipation of Christ's return. Last of all, the Holy Spirit, it's 11.08 by the way, the Holy Spirit provides a more intimate relationship with the Father and the Son and then what the disciples who walked with Christ were blessed with. You know, they were blessed with Jesus. How much better could you get? But how many of you know, we're not walking with Jesus the way they did. You know, he was with them. They heard, I mean, you know, when he, when he left, he ascended, right? But, and, they, and, and it was such a, it was going to introduce a different time. The, the, the angels provided comfort. Why are you standing here staring up? He's going to come back. 
He's going to come back in the same manner that you see him going. He's coming back. And Jesus said, don't, don't be afraid. Don't worry. I'm sending someone to you. You, don't understand. you and I may not understand how, how blessed we really are. Because he gave us the Holy Spirit. You had a great worship time this morning. I did. I don't know if, how many worshiped the Lord, had a great time worshiping the Lord. You say, well, it wasn't my song. It wasn't my thing. You know what? Get over it. I don't sing these kind of songs. I don't sing that kind. I saw, I didn't see anybody acting that way, Tammy. I, I stand in the back and worship because I like to see who's here. I do. And I'm not watching everybody, but just some of you, you're, you're interesting to me. And, uh, but, you know, everybody's worshiping. But, you know, to me, I, I look at it and I think the Holy Spirit makes this great. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. Bethel has nothing going for it apart from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and we don't need anything else when it comes down to the essentials, the vitals, the empowerment. Last thing, uh, the, uh, Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. See, I didn't lie to you. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. For I do not, if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. How many here, really, honestly, you're a spirit-filled believer. You're not full of all the, oh, my God, I know a lot. I've done a lot. I didn't ask you that. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit today? doesn't matter what your title is. Who cares what your title is? The best title you'll ever have in your whole life will be, you're a servant of the Lord. I'd rather be, a, what did the psalmist say? I'd rather be a, a, a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord. I don't know what the rest, anybody remember the rest? My amnesiacs are acting. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. How many of you realize how, how wonderful it is to be here today? Holy Spirit is here, lifting us to Christ. Many, I'm going to ask Tammy to come. The advantages of the Holy Spirit's indwelling. Many live their lives simply governed by their five senses. What I can see, what I can hear, what I can taste, what I can touch. And what's the other one? Smell, yeah. They, that's, they, they live there. That's, that's, that governs everything. But how many know the Holy Spirit takes you to another place? He, uh, he brings another level of, uh, uh, another level of, of discernment. How many of you can see things that you can't see in the natural? You say, well, I'm gonna say, I don't want to say that because people think I'm weird. I, I want to comfort you. I'm not insulting you. They, they already think you're weird. So who cares? I mean, I care. I do care, Tony. That who thinks I'm weird, don't you? I don't want to be a weirdo, but I don't mind being a weirdo for Jesus. How many of you today say, Lord God, I want to walk with all, the, all of the advantages of being a spirit-filled believer you know, the spirit within, the man, human spirit, is dead until it is awakened by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who raises us up in Christ. I want, I want to say this because I was thinking about what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? 
What is the blasphemy? People ask that all the time. They talk about it. Everybody surmises. But, you know, the one thing that was present when the religious establishment was attacking the Lord and saying that he was casting out devils by some demonic power, which didn't make too much sense, But when I interpret that situation and what Jesus said thereafter when he says that all manner of sin will be forgiven, but the, uh, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit shall never, never be forgiven. I think, number one, there, there's a hardness of heart, a callous disposition that speaks evil of the Holy Spirit in order to discredit someone else say, well, how do you know that? Because that's what they were doing, right? They were speaking evil of the Holy Spirit to discredit Jesus. You know, that tells me that when the Holy Spirit is moving, there's going to be things that I don't understand. They may not always make sense to me, but I want to be very cautious when I attribute the work of God to the devil. You know, so... That doesn't mean that there might be times when we look and we just aren't sure what's going on and we question or, you know. uh, But I'm saying, and if you know Christ as your Savior, you you probably are never going to find yourself in that place where you are. Because if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit, you know what's of God and you know what's not of God. Because the Holy Spirit testifies of what is authentic and real within. But see, these people had become so hardened toward Christ that they wanted to discredit him so the way they discredited him uh, sought to discredit him was they called what the Holy Spirit was doing the devil's work all I'm saying today is not to cause fear but I do think that there needs to be a sense of reverence that sometimes we lack you remember when Ananias and Sapphira lied and Peter confronted them about it. He said, you haven't lied to men but to God. He lied to the Holy Spirit, tried to lie to the Holy Spirit about what he had done. You know, I don't know where Ananias and Sapphira are right now. I trust that they they made a mistake and God received them into that. But one thing I do know is God said, I'm not messing with this the spirit of irreverence, the spirit of deceit, the spirit of cover. I'm not dealing with this. And, he, and you know, one fell dead and the other one fell. He said, so what do you want us to walk away thinking? Well, it says there was a, a spirit of reverence and fear that spread throughout the body. You say, well, what, what, do you, what does that mean? It means that people realized that this was for real that God was not to be mocked or trifled with or lied to, knowingly lying to the Holy Spirit, misrepresenting something. And you know, I'm saying that today because the Holy Spirit-filled life is the greatest life there is on the planet. When you're filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, some of you young people have some tremendous gifts. You want them to go to the next level, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
because there's an anointing then that rests upon your life. It's not, it's not based on how smart you are, how well you speak, how well you sing, how well you do anything. There is the, the, the flowing of the Holy Spirit that goes above our abilities and goes beyond our, you know, our reach. It's the greatest life you could possibly live. It's not about who speaks in tongues and who not. People that, I don't care who speaks in tongues. I mean, I don't care who prophesies. I don't care who, you know, has the, I just pray that it'll be flowing and evident in our gatherings. How many of you would stand with me today and say, Lord, I, I want to I wanna live. I want to live that full, abundant life. And I know the Holy Spirit will do that. It says, Jesus said, I I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take up what is mine and deliver it to you. Would you stand with me for a moment here? We're going to invite anyone that would like to take a moment. If you want to know, it's 11, uh, 11, uh, I can't see, but it's 11, 18. Here's the scripture. I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm going to invite you to come. Because, you know, Bethel, uh, you know, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit if we really want to go to the next level. Come on, church. Oh, I'm not sure we have to have a meeting and vote on that. We don't have to have any meeting about that. God said it in his word. You know, you either believe it's for today or you don't, right? I'm encouraging you if you do believe it and you haven't received it yet to say, God, I want it. I want to go deep. I want you to take me where I've never been. I want you to speak into my heart in a way that I will hear things that I didn't, wouldn't know with my natural understanding. You'll show me things that I wouldn't see with my natural that I can be used in this spiritual fallen world to minister effectively and powerfully among my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers. My shoe's coming untied, Rob. Uh, that's okay. I just want to tell you if I fell, you'd know. 1 Corinthians 2. And I want to invite you, if you would, for a few moments. You know, you, this is not, you know, I, I, I just pray. You know, people say we need a move of God. You know what? Sometimes... The move of God doesn't come until we move. Sometimes we just got to move out of our comfortability and where we're at to a place. And 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, These things we also speak, not in, in words which man's, uh, uh, man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spirit. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Let me just say, God, I, I want I just want a, I want a fresh, fresh outpouring in my life. Just a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit.
And I'm not gonna, nobody's gonna ask you to come up here. I, you know, right now, I'm not gonna ask you to come up here and, and, uh, and produce tongues because it's not really for you to produce. It comes as the Spirit gives the utterance, right? The Holy Spirit gives the utterance for that. So I'm not gonna coach you on that. The Holy Spirit, if you are coming to the altar and you'll just say, God, I want, as a father, a mother, husband, and a wife, a child, a student, a worker, a neighbor, a friend. As all of those things, I I, want to be filled with the Holy Spirit so I can be the best friend that I've ever been. That I can be the the best father that I've ever been. That I can be the best wife and mother that I've ever been. That I can live at a different level. I can live spiritually equipped and empowered in Christ. That's what I want. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. See, church, there's a lethargy and an, and an indifference that is sweeping across many in the, in the so-called Christian world. And there's a revival and a renewal among those who are desperately hungry for the things of God. Which of those are you going to be? Because there can't be anything in the middle. It's either we're indifferent where we're on fire. Jesus said, I don't want you to be lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. So which are you? What are you going to settle for? What are you willing to step out for? Where are you willing to go in your relationship with God? Where are you willing to become for His purposes? I'm going to invite you. Tammy's going to sing. And please, if you know, I, I, I got saved at an altar. You know, I'm partial. You don't have to come to an altar. You can get saved in your car, saved in the parking lot, saved in your place of work. You can get saved in your bedroom, saved in your closet, saved anywhere that God, God will be anywhere. But there's just something about those altar times that were life-changing for me. And there was a freedom I know, you know, I want to curse COVID today. I want to curse that in Jesus' name. How many will say that? We want to curse you. We want to curse you. I want to take authority over this, and I want to curse you out of, out of existence. Come on, in Jesus' name. You say, I don't know if that can happen. Well, your God walked on the water, right? You're, you believe God created the heavens and the earth. You believe that, right? You believe that he made you in his likeness and in his image. You believe that he saved you from your sin, right? You believe that he took away your sin and your guilt. You believe he gave you a hope and a future, right? So, Lord God, we curse. COVID. We curse it in the name of Jesus that the death of Christ would, would place a, a, a curse upon the, the diseases and the sicknesses that are rampant. And Lord, that they would not touch your church. That they would not touch your church. Come on, let's believe that today. How many will believe that with you? You're, you say, I feel like a fool saying that because the medical world says this, that, and the other. I know all these people who've had it and people who have died. You know what? Is that going to author where you stop, where your finish line is? God, I, I'm coming to you today and I'm believing that my God is greater than, than every disease and every affliction and everything that Lord would, would just present itself. We curse COVID. We curse these afflictions in the name of Jesus. 
I'm going to invite you to come just for a few moments. This, this altar, I feel like there's just such a sweet presence at, at, the, at the altar here. And I pray throughout, but would you just join with me together today just for a few moments. I, I, you say, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to be more uh, in the family. I want to be the family of God. I want to be plugged in with others who believe. Come on up, please, if you want Jesus to, to take Bethel. Bethel's in need today. Not just, uh, you know, the financial needs, not just uh, the the physical, practical needs, but Bethel's in a great need of a revival. I think, I don't know who's up here. My eyes, I've seen a couple, but I want to say, I believe every leader, every teacher, every elder should be at this altar. Because, you know, we're teaching, right? We're going to teach kids that, that, that God can heal, God can deliver, God can protect, God can provide. I just want a greater anointing upon our lives today than ever before. Everybody who, who's a leader should be at the forefront of this thing, not sitting back and watching to see who else is coming. God wants this church to move forward, and, and I want to move as a, as a man of God, as a man of faith, with other men of faith and other women of faith who believe that God's going to do it. We, 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 we. Lord, I pray through the pews here today that there will be a move of the Holy Spirit. Every child of God filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, every person that wants, Lord, it's not the coming to an altar that makes a difference, but Lord, it does in a way because sometimes we've allowed the devil to hijack our altar times because they're, they're, they're because of COVID and because of all the other things that Lord, we've allowed the enemy to quarantine. He, he has quarantined the altar. He has quarantined the altar. Our altars need to be hot, not not lukewarm, not on occasion, not when an evangelist comes, not when some guest comes in and everybody flocks to the altar. That the altars need to be hot. They got to get hot again. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that these altars will, Lord, just uh, just be a place where the body just emerges forward and says, Lord, we're pressing in today physically and spiritually. Lord, God Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, can you just begin to, 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 to pray in the Spirit and just to worship in the Spirit? Come on, just let it flow out of you because, Lord, uh, we need that dynamic that's different. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, we thank you. Go ahead, Tammy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know, I just want to say we were at at the school yesterday. There's probably close to 30 people at the school. They they were praying over that community, and Josh did a wonderful job with it. He, He brought the people together. He called them to prayer, praying over the streets. And you know something? There was such a sweet, sweet, sweet spirit there. And the, the, the thing was, we were in the parking lot near the tennis, I think near the tennis courts at the high school to start. And uh, Josh called everyone to pray for 30, 40 minutes before they headed out. And everybody was in groups of four or five, whatever it was. And, um, you know, praying. And it, it was against the backdrop of a, of a, a, a peewee football game. 
So you, and it just painted something in my heart that here the church is praying and we're out where the football game's happening. That's where it really has to happen, right? Outside the church. And we were in prayer standing there in a school parking lot on a Saturday morning and we're praying. And then, and then the neat thing is everybody was sent forward to go to the streets that they have adopted to pray over. And so the streets, then you see the Spirit of God spilling out into the streets. You see Him moving into the streets through the believers, going out there, people going and praying with intent over those streets together. Every part of it was good when we prayed together at the beginning and when we walked through the streets. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about this morning. There was a gathering place. There was a gathering place, a place of agreement. And this altar is a place of agreement. This altar is a place of agreement. There is something that has, uh, Lord, uh, it's either a spiritual apathy that has stricken the church across the plain that has rendered our, our altar services at times weak and anemic and virtually non-existent because we just believe that and we don't always have to do it this way. That's not the point. It isn't the point. And we're not living in fear here today. Tammy, would you play and play? And if, if if our leaders wouldn't mind just moving about and just just gently standing with someone for a moment and praying uh, for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all of those, maybe a first time. I don't know if they've never received the baptism. Hallelujah. Let's do. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.